Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 474th show is Dr. Emily Godby, Associate Professor of Art and Visual Culture in the College of Design at Iowa State University, and we're going to be talking about butter sculpture and refrigeration. Our history buffs are Rick Sweet and Brett Menard. Brett, start us off. So, Emily, if they turned over control of the uh, butter sculpting uh, at the Iowa Fair to you for a year, what is the thing you would most like to see sculpted? It's <laughs> a good question, and uh, I have no idea. As long as I didn't have to do the sculpting, I, I would figure out something eventually, but uh, I, I have no idea. What would you like to see? I mean, obviously, I'd love to see one of our many Severide first place uh, radio broadcast <laughs> awards. <laughs> Memorial right. Congress. Well done. <laughs> in, in butter. I, I was you thinking... like the Mount, the Mount Rushmore in butter, you know? There you go. With your faces. <laughs> I, I was wondering, well, I and maybe it's been done, has has anybody done the state capitol in butter? The building? Uh Yes, there have been uh, there have been state capitals done in butter. Okay, because that's yep. what I would like to see. Yep, the state capitals. I can't remember the exact date. Also, the the building, the Iowa State College of Agriculture, now known as Iowa State, um, had its own image of itself. So the campus in butter. So very nice. Okay. See, um, I'm just thinking of having. Um, political campaigns sabotage each other so when you know your your opposing candidate is, is sculpted mess with the temperature a little so right, that he right. Pull the slowly plug. starts melting over the course of the day well actually i, I think the the bigger thing is the, the politicians who who pose with the butter cow that that that's kind of the here in in iowa that's what happens in august in an in election year and um so I think uh, I think that um, that every politician who comes through uh, gets a picture with the butter cow, and I'm looking at one that this is not political advocacy or anything. I am looking at Ted Cruz's um, yeah. uh, feed, and he's in front of the butter cow. But what he says is even funnier. Uh, what he writes here is, "Wow, a cow made of butter." My girls would love it. In fact, the first sentence Caroline ever said was, I like butter. (laughs) (laughs) It got 92,000 retweets. Uh, Of course. Yeah, well, you (laughs) know. That is a special level of pandering. (laughs) (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) Okay. So, so Rick, you got to top that. I can't. I was, was going to... Uh, morph back to the uh, refrigeration thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, did did the advent of of being able to refrigerate and keep butter for five, ten years? My God, that sounds horrible. Did that, <laughs> that aid in the expansion of of uh, butter sculpturing, at least in the United States? Not not really. But the 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 more important issue is that. Um, 
in the the latter 19th century, we we start to see the the building of the cold chain. So the the chain of cold that keeps your food safe and sanitary from the moment that it's harvested until it gets to your table. Um, and uh, I said before that the the um, the production of beer was the first thing that people wanted to refrigerate and keep in the cold chain. So, and other products come along. Obviously, dairy comes along and and is benefiting from um, artificial refrigeration. Um, and all the the meat industry is also um, also benefits because the uh, the frozen meat can be shipped around. And there were, I have read articles that um, uh, talked about in the in the years of early refrigeration. Uh, there was a an article about you know this be frozen for ten years. You know, um, <laughs> let's see if it's edible. But the test was they gave it to the dog first, <laughs> and the dog didn't die. Uh, <laughs> but it was proof that refrigeration could. Keep your keep your food safe and sanitary um, in a way that had not been uh, had not been possible before. Emily, I'm curious. Going back to the the art of butter sculpture, um, mm-hmm. I really want there to be a butter sculpture archive, a place where <laughs> at least pictures of butter sculpture have been displayed for posterity. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if such a thing exists, but but if it doesn't exist, call it the internet. <laughs> yeah, I, you know how far back if if I were to go hunting for uh, for butter sculptures, could I get pictures uh, of butter sculptures from the the turn of the twentieth century, for example? Oh, absolutely, excellent, absolutely, um, and you would largely find them in um, in advertisements for advertisements for fairs. Or you search on eBay and you search for butter cow, and um, you will probably find a lot of postcards because they were either bought or uh, given out for free with some advertising on the other side. Um, that there are just there are a ton of these things floating around, so it's not hard to find them. It's just most people aren't looking. <laughs> I was going to say it sure feels to me like there's an art exhibit somewhere in that future. Perhaps. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Brett. Oh, geez. How do I follow that up? So we've, we've poked a lot of uh, fun at this, but mm-hmm. it, it does seem to elicit strong feelings uh, from people. Otherwise, they wouldn't have kept, uh, kept at it for as long as they have. And I, I have a friend who... Um, makes it a point to go to the fair every year and participate mm-hmm. in the many uh, butter sculpting herself, mm-hmm. um, and proudly displays, you know, her her work. So, how long do you think this will last? Do you, is there anything that 
uh, you could see on the horizon that would cause the butter cow to, uh, to melt away. Yeah, there, there's not going to be a big butter, you know, revolution with everybody wanting to sculpt in butter. But it, it is this year, I read or calculated that it, the Iowa State Fair's 111th, 111, uh, butter cow exhibit. And in an interview with one of the managers of the uh, of the of this particular fair, I think it's probably also true for places like Minnesota, the bread and butter state, and um, for Missouri. When the official was asked, you know, how much is the butter cow worth? Not not in terms of pounds of butter, but how much is it worth to the success of the fair? The official said, "Well, we couldn't have the fair without it." Um, so, you know, I think in places where the, the state fair is still celebrated, and especially in Iowa, I don't see it going away until there is a state fair. So, you know, basically whatever it costs, because it brings people through the gate. Rick. Emily, um, what, uh, what led to the long-term popularity of butterscotch uh, uh, sculptures at these various state fairs like uh, Missouri, Iowa, Minnesota, uh, if we're in our 111th year, what what has led to, uh, why are we still obsessed? I mean, I know people who go to the state fair, they ignore everything and they go straight to the cow. So what, <laughs> what has led to this, this unique prop popularity of a sculptured cow? You know, I'm not I'm not com- completely sure, um, but I think that you know that in the places where the state fair still reigns, it's you know something fun uh, involving agriculture, uh, uh, and you know, oftentimes at, at these fairs there would be uh, next door um, a place giving out. Um, butter on a cracker or selling other milk products. So it might pe- might be that people just wanted to get to the food, <laughs> which is, yes, of course, yes. a major theme of every state fair is the food. Right. Emily, I'm just curious because you talked in the, in the radio segment um, about how butter sculpture actually was a an open niche for women to um, mm-hmm. climb into and and turn a profit. I'm just curious, do you see other niches like butter sculpture floating around uh, out there for, for groups which are traditionally not allowed into uh, particular professions? I'm thinking of um, the – there's an artist um, – group that has done some commercials talking about giving voice to artists that don't, you know, providing a platform for artists that don't usually get um, easy access into mm-hmm. the art world. Is there is there something like that? Because I think that's a really inspiring idea of, of, you know, this is how capitalism can work for the betterment, is being able mm-hmm. to find something like this. Do you see anything like that out there now? Um, I can't see anything for the future, but, it, you know, aside from this, this quirky topic, um, it has been true that uh, uh, cultures who have a, a minority status in some way or, um, 
you know, are, are less powerful, have moved into spaces that are unoccupied. And I'm thinking about something, this is not everybody's cup of tea, but something like performance art really didn't exist. And uh, women, women figured it out uh, because it was unoccupied territory. So I think that we probably just haven't seen it yet. You know, there's, al- there's always something new, and those who are on the fringes figure out in, in each age um, where they might uh, fit in. And, of course, the dominant society will reject whatever they invent. <laughs> and, and then later on, people will collect it. So, you know, right. get in early. There you go. <laughs> we would like to thank our guest for this 474th show, Dr. Emily Godby, Associate Professor of Art and Visual Culture in the College of Design at Iowa State University. We've been talking about butter sculpture and refrigeration. The History Buffs for today's show are Rick Sweet and Brett Menard. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put K-A-L-A radio, all one word, in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. ROI is recorded at Station K-A-L-A, St. Ambrose University.